Welcome to this Innovation Forum podcast with me, Ian Welsh. I'm delighted to be joined by Fabiana Furlan, who's Head of Commercial Finance and Sustainability at Cotton Farmers Sheffer. Welcome to the podcast, Fabiana. Thank you very much, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. Why don't you start by giving us a very quick introduction to Sheffer. Where are you based and, and what do you guys do? Sheffer is a family farming operation in Brazil. We farm for more than 35 years. We farm basically cotton, soybean, corn. We also have a cattle operation. It's a family-owned company, so the two generations, they are running the business. They are in the business on a daily basis. And uh, it has been seven years that we are farming under regenerative practices in large scale in Brazil. Let's think about, about the cotton sector in Brazil. What are the main challenges facing cotton farmers in Brazil? The biggest and the most relevant aspect in terms, looking in terms of sustainability, intense use of chemical inputs. The thing is that we farm in a tropical area. Controlling pests and diseases is really challenging. We have high temperature and high humidity all year long. Not like in the US that there is a winter that breaks the cycle between one crop year to the next. For any tropical region, this is a big challenge actually. Given that, what prompted you to switch to a more regenerative agriculture approach? Maybe around eight years ago, the family just brainstorming and look at the way that we've been farming cotton in the previous 20 years. They realized that seed varieties and the seed technologies have been improving year over year. But at the same time, we were having the need for applying more and more chemicals. We realized that we were missing something. We were having good yields back then. It's not that that was an issue. But we realized that maybe we were missing something because of these improvements. And at the same time, we were having the need to use more and more chemical inputs. So, yeah, then we started doing a lot of research. We started to do visits in other farming operations outside of Brazil, in the U.S., in Australia, and also other cross-sector benchmark, such as organic sugar cane in Brazil, that they have a great case study. They're farming more than 20,000 hectares of organic sugarcane for many, many years already. We started to explore different landscapes, different farming conditions in order to find some answers that we were trying to look for. Now, we, after so many years of study and all these visits and benchmark, we just learned throughout this journey that the modern agriculture is really relying on chemical inputs. We just now know that the biology is overlooked in the modern agriculture. We just know that we need to build biology back. We need to bring life back into the soil in order to have a more balanced ecosystem. This is the key point for us. The soil is the most valuable asset for us as a farmer. All our practices are centered into restoring a healthy soil and focused on keeping and building a healthy soil. And the regenerative practices come towards this direction. The first and the most relevant aspect for us throughout all this process is actually the reduction of chemical inputs. So we were able to reduce, to start reducing chemical inputs and building biology and building a better, healthy ecosystem. What are the individual regenerative practices that you've introduced to bring this biology back into the soil, as you say? We reduce the chemical inputs, and in order to be able to do that, we are applying biological inputs. We do need to control the pests and disease because they are there, and we cannot risk to have a failure crop. We are actually using biological inputs. Biological inputs means microorganisms such as fungi and bacteria that will control 
specific pests and diseases. In this last couple of seven years, we've been able to reduce an average of 40% of the chemical inputs in our cotton crop and about 50% as an average on our soybean crop. So it's pretty significant and impactful. But it's not only the chemical reduction. Building biology, of course, it's really important. Then the biological inputs are relevant in this context. But also there are other practices that build together the regenerative practices towards a healthier soil. So a zero tillage is really important. The more you just the soil, the more you expose the biology so to the sun, to the heat, to the wind, to water. So it's very damaging to the soil health. So we do apply zero tillage in all our operation. Cover crops, we cannot leave a bare soil because of the same reasons that I just mentioned. It's, it's very harmful for the soil. Crop rotation for many positive aspects as well, nutrient cycling and precision agriculture. So we apply all the inputs at a variable rate. We also have zero irrigation in our operations. It's 100% rain fed. So yeah, those are the main practices that um, they're combined. They are all focused on soil health. Okay, so what have been the impacts overall input? You mentioned 40% reduction in chemicals. What other inputs have altered? And what about your yields? How have they been affected in the land that you're practicing these regenerative agricultural practices? In terms of positive impacts for nature, we see that biodiversity is a very, very strong context. We've been monitoring the biodiversity since then. Recently, we just now are measuring biodiversity by DNA. We collect a sample from the soil. We measure what is the quantity of different DNAs and the functionality that they deliver to the soil, to the plant, and to the full ecosystem. I think this is one of the most relevant impact, positive impact under this context or under this holistic context of regenerative farming. Biodiversity is one, carbon is the second really equally important one. According to the literature, the more biological activity you, you have, the more likely you're going to have carbon fixed within the soil. We are also in many projects related to carbon, measuring carbon in the soil and in the ecosystem. So there are many approaches to that. The three most relevant ones are chemical reduction, carbon and biodiversity. And what about your yields? How have they been impacted? In these last couple of years, we've seen that the yields, they kept almost the same, almost unchanged. We didn't see any big impact on yields. So how much land do you farm thinking in terms of your cotton farming and what's the rate of rollout of your regenerative practices? We are currently farming 70,000 hectares for cotton. I just want to highlight that it's important to share that most of our crop is planted as second crop, meaning that we plant soybean as a first crop in September, October. We harvest soybean gen feb and then right immediately in the system of a direct planting with zero tillage, we plant cotton as a second crop gen feb and we harvest cotton July, August. Just to highlight here, it's very, very relevant, the land use efficiency as we have two crops in one crop here. Regen area that we've been applying, the practices, most of the area, they have one or two or three, they have some practices, but in different intensity. The area that we have certified today, it's 9,000 hectares for cotton. All the rest of the area that Sheffer cultivates, there has some stage of the other pro-regenerative practices as well. The certified area is about 13% of our total acreage. 
just to clarify then, so all of your 70,000 hectares, you've introduced some regenerative practices. Correct. But you have 9,000 hectares where it's certified regenerative. So who certified it? What is that certification? We were the first farmer in Brazil to be certified by Contra Union Regenagri standard. It's a methodology that is putting together all the context and the criteria that mostly fits to the concept of soil health, biodiversity, carbon. So it's a very interesting methodology. And is the plan to roll out all of the regenerative practices across all your 70,000 hectares? Is that the long-term vision? Yeah, this is the long-term vision for Sheffer. I think the challenge here is the mindset of people, the mindset of people that are farm managers, people that are really in the fields taking decisions, because working with biological inputs, it requires much, much more attentive work in terms of being at the field almost every day, you need to be more preventive. You cannot wait a big pressure for a specific pest or a specific disease to develop. It's really hard to control when the pressure is higher. The challenge is really like finding the right mindset in order to take the risk because it's really taking a risk of doing something different. We don't see these regular classes in, in universities, for example. This is the main challenge on expanding the practices. Because you recognise there are risks, you have to roll these things out gradually and carefully and demonstrate to everyone concerned, to all your stakeholders, that in fact it can be done and that the practices can be introduced successfully without impacting yields. On the demand side, are you seeing increasing demand from the cotton sector for crop that is grown in this way? And if so, how is that changing? We've been hearing more and more talks about it. Brands are talking about it. They are positioning themselves as they want to go towards this origination in terms of preferred fiber. In practical terms, we see very small pilots. This is actually, you know, one of the biggest challenge of the market today because I think there are a lot of talks, but when it comes to real actions, things get a little bit diluted. Um, I think there is for sure a trend in the market, not only for fibers, but for sure for food as well. The commitments must be there. Thinking also in long term, because this is not something that you can do from one year to the not to another. It's it requires having investments in facilities, in staff, in specialized staff, in research. It's really a long-term view. And because of that, it also requires long-term collaborations throughout the supply chain. The market is talking a lot about the concept, but we still feel that there should be more like practical actions and roadmap towards the targets. You mentioned investment. Who is investing in developing the next generation of regenerative practices? The context is really about keeping the research, making collaborations between like companies like farmers as us and research institutes, universities, uh, ourselves. We have some collaborations in Brazil for doing research, especially on microorganisms, because this approach with a more balanced ecosystem with nature actually providing a service to a crop, it makes all the sense. The more that we learn and the more that we re do research about it, the more we realize that we know nothing about it in terms of the strength and then the service that the biology can deliver to crop systems. Definitely, I think the way forward is this kind of you know, collaboration between uh, cross sectors and doing research, especially in terms of the potential of the biology.
and microorganisms, fungi, and yeah, there's huge potential going forward in terms of finding new solutions. What do you think is the potential scalability of regenerative agriculture for cotton in general? Will it, uh, do you think, succeed where perhaps organic at scale has failed? The key factor here on regenerative practices is that we've proved that it can be done at scale, such as ourselves. We've been doing it for a significant time already, and I think it's there. We can do it. It's also a matter of the value chain giving the right incentives in order to expand it, in order to strengthen it in terms of certification, in terms of traceability, in terms of metrics. Definitely the large scale is one of the solutions that the regenerative cotton delivers to the cotton industry. Yeah, and organic is less than 1% of the total global crop. It's very challenging as we do have an increasing population. The consumption is there. So we cannot just deny this fact. Regenerative brings a solution to the issue of a preferred fiber that is able to be grown in large scale. Certainly, there's lots of excitement, interesting stuff going on in regenerative agriculture for apparel and textiles and for food. It'll be interesting to see how it all develops in the next few years. Fabiana Furlana from Sheffer, thanks very much indeed. Thank you, Ria. It's a pleasure.